In the following live session recording, Scott Crow, pastor of discipleship and administration at Mount Zion Baptist Church in Snellville, Georgia, talks about the priority of outreach in your small group or Sunday school class. Too many classes have become inward focused and have forgotten the importance of outreach in their groups. In this session, the listener will hear ways to reach out to others and refocus your class or group to make evangelism a priority. Let's join Scott now. Well, you know what Jesus said? Blessed are they who endure to the end because they will be saved. So you, you have almost endured to the end, all right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to implore you not only to uh, uh, enjoy this session, but uh, you don't want to miss the last worship session, okay? Uh, Levi Skipper, who's going to be uh, preaching during that time, he's actually uh, preaching for us at Mount Zion right now, and he is an excellent, excellent speaker. So you don't want to leave early. If you, if you plan to leave early, cancel your plans and stay uh, for that last session. And he didn't... Um, pay me for saying that either okay all right so this uh this class is the priority of outreach in your small group okay everybody in the right class you, you this is what you came for okay so here's what we're going to do it's after lunch and so we're kind of getting sleepy all right we don't have any caffeine down here so we've got to get have to get up and move around so i need you to find a couple of people uh and uh ask this well I got a, this is my grandchild right here. So it's a shameless plug. Four year old, she's Stella. My wife's with her today. They're having a sleepover at Stella's house. So uh, anyway, find two people who you don't know, and each of you talk about why people are not evangelistic. Okay? You got that? All right. This is we're not gonna we're not gonna have an invitation just as I am. Make everybody come forward. We're just gonna we're gonna why why do people not share their faith? Okay. So find two or three. I'm gonna give you about six seven minutes for this, and then we'll come back together. All right. Okay. So let's let's come back together. Tell me, tell me what you discovered. Why are people not evangelistic? Someone say the first one. Fear. Fear. Ah, there it is. F E A R. All right. Any? What? What? what why else? Pride. Pride. Okay. Another. We assume they have already heard. Not knowing what to say. Not knowing what to say. Another one? Time. Time? Okay. Can I add this? Will y'all let me add that? Another? Wanting to establish a relationship first. Okay. 
these go together, don't they? Yes. Because it takes time to do that. Feeling like you're not good enough, like you know, like you yeah. inadequate. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all gonna have to tell me how to spell that. Christians fail to evangelize. You ready? Many don't know what evangelism is. What is it? What is evangelism? Sharing the good news. One beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Who said that? I don't even remember. Um, D.L. Moody, wasn't it? D.L. Moody. That's right. Evangelism. We don't know what... We. Could I say... We, we could even say we don't know what the gospel is. You know? We have few evangelistic role models. Okay? We used to have. We used to have. Or we still, we have some. We just follow other people instead because it's less convicting. Y'all all right? Some church members aren't convinced about lostness. What was it that um, Mark said in his session? Thirty-seven percent. I, I forget the number. 
in some survey, 37% uh, of, of, of Christians, I don't even remember, but the number is very low. That uh, Some of our church members are not even convinced that lostness exists. Help us, Lord. Some churches have provided no evangelistic training. They don't know how. And we seemingly don't care if they know how, if we're not going to provide the training, right? Did y'all get all those ready to move on? Fear of the unknown halts our efforts. That's probably a big one. Number six is really convicting to me. We have gotten over our salvation. I, I, I hope you thank God every day that you're not what you used to be. Amen. You thank God for where He's brought you. and I don't, I don't even want to think about where I might be if it hadn't been for my salvation. We got any pastors in the room? Well, I mean, senior pastors. But I'm in the category too. Pastors aren't taking the lead in evangelism. We don't really know many lost people anyway. And we don't care about non-believers. So my, uh, my contention is this, and kind of in, in, in keeping with the title of our session, the outreach, uh, the priority of outreach in your small group, my contention is outreach is not a priority in our small groups because outreach is not a priority for us. Y'all are really quiet this afternoon all of a sudden. You're stepping on toes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have size 14, so that's possible. The priority must first become personal. Will somebody do me a favor? Find uh, Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Well, everybody can find it. I need somebody to read it for me. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And he said to them, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all or sorry, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it: You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets." So this Pharisee come along and asked Jesus about the greatest commandment. I kind of think he knew what the first one was: <clears throat> love the Lord your God with all your heart mind and soul, but then Jesus said, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, so if I really love God with all my heart and with all my soul, and I want to be obedient to what Jesus has commanded me to do, I'll share my story with others. So when evangelism becomes a priority, or when it becomes a priority to share Jesus with others for me, it will become my group, my group's priority. How many group leaders have I got in here? You lead a Bible study, small group, okay? Yeah. Sunday school directors, I got several there. All right. 
So I think one of the reasons that we're not um, as evangelistic in our groups as we should be is because, and for those of you that um, have been in one of my sessions before, that I've, I've been tooting this horn about three or four times, uh, is that we have forgotten the purpose of our groups. Okay? If you've heard me say that, if you've been in here before, you've heard me say that about, uh, about every time. Uh, Bible study is one of the purposes of the group. It's not the only purpose. Okay? We're really good, and we're kind of anxious to sign up to be the Bible study teacher. But if all you're doing in your group is teaching the Bible, and you're not doing a couple of other things, your group's not balanced. Okay? So we're going to read, um, we're going to look at Matthew 9, 35 again, or in, in a minute. I think it's important for us to realize that uh, as groups, we need to do what Jesus did. Okay, so Matthew 9.35 says that Jesus went into all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. So Jesus did three things. He, he taught. He was the master teacher. He went in every city and, and into the synagogues, and, and he, he was teaching. Uh, but he not only taught, but he also ministered to others there. The, uh, Matthew says that he was healing uh, every disease and every sickness. The blind man, the demon-possessed man, the crippled man, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, everywhere Jesus went, he was uh, ministering to other people. But what else does Matthew tell us? that he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus was very intentional. He made, a, he made a concentrated effort to go out of his way and reach lost people. I'll give you two examples. Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman. They were as polar opposites as they could have been. But yet Jesus went out of his way, one a conversation at night, and the other, I mean, he literally went off the map to have a conversation with this lady at the well. There, they were as different as they could have been, yet their spiritual condition was exactly the same. They were lost. They were lost. So our groups, our groups, we as leaders have to remember that we must be intentional about connecting with those who are far from from God because that's what I uh, that's what Jesus did. So uh, teaching the Bible is important, but it's not the only purpose of our Bible study. It's one of the purposes of the Bible study. And if our groups become a place where all we do is teach and minister to our people, we're, we're back to this closed group thing again. <coughs> our groups should remain open, meaning that anybody, uh, any uh, a group, an uh, open group is one that expects new people to attend every time it meets, okay? So the purpose of your group 
your class is to teach, reach, and minister. And if we're not doing these things, we're out of balance. So how do we do that? How, how do our groups get to the place where we're balanced in our approach, approach and focusing on reaching um, the gospel? Okay. So what I want to do for the next few minutes, and then we're going to do a group activity together, uh, I want us to talk about um, some ways that we can increase the evangelistic efforts in, uh, in your group. All right. So six ways that I have, I have listed uh, for you. We did that one. We did all that. Look, y'all are listening good. How? That's where we're at. How can I be more effective with outreach, evangelism in my group? All right? You ready? Number one, begin with yourself. I realize that when I'm pointing one out this way, I got four pointing right back at me. Evangelism in my group begins with me. And when I become more intentional about evangelism, we said that, didn't we? We're not intentional. When I become more intentional about caring for lost people, my group will be more intentional. It all starts with me. The group leader sets the example. The pastor sets the example. The staff sets the example. It, 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 it relies on us who are and would be leaders. Okay, so begin with yourself. Number two, build relationships with non-Christians. Where did I see that? Somewhere. We said that up here, didn't we? We, we don't take time to do that anymore. I, I do believe evangelism is best done in the context of relationships, but that does that does take time, doesn't it? It will take time. You can't build a relationship overnight. So you have to become very intentional about how you're going to build relationships with those who are not Christians. We, we, we kind of have to be where non-Christians are sometimes, don't we? Mm -hmm. Yep. But... Listen, those who are without Christ are everywhere. They're in your neighborhood. They're um, in your uh, workplace, factory, office, wherever you work, the grocery store, uh, the places that you frequent. Uh, they're, they're there. We're just not intentional about building relationships with them. Here's a very simple thing uh, that you can do, and you can actually start this tomorrow or today. Pray for the lost by name. I think a lot of times we have forgotten that evangelism is spiritual warfare. Okay? God uses us to share our story with other people. You agree with that? Mm -hmm. But who does the saving? God does, doesn't he? And a lot of times we get discouraged because 
we we share our faith and there's not a positive response well I done something wrong I, I, I messed up that's the devil you know that don't you and so what happens the next time we're a little bit cautious thank you about sharing our faith we, we kind of shy back a little bit it was a great day in my life when I realized I am not the Holy Spirit <laughs> I have a responsibility and he has a responsibility my responsibility is to be faithful to share my story when given the opportunity his responsibility is to draw them into the relationship okay so understand understand that it's it's spiritual warfare the most simple thing you can do is begin praying uh, for lost people by name in a few minutes we're going to talk about give you an opportunity to come up with some ways uh, to do that okay number next make the gospel part of your Bible study um, we assume that they have already heard somebody said do you know that there's a real good possibility that not everyone in your group is a Christian do you know that if you use uh, if you use Lifeway curriculum I think once a quarter there's a gospel lesson in there on purpose the goal is for you to be able to share the gospel in in your group as part of your as part of your Bible study now that, that does a, a, a couple of things. Number one, like I said, we, we don't know the spiritual condition of those who attend our class. We can assume that they are Christians, but they may not be. But even if everyone in the class is a Christian, you teaching that gospel lesson helps them to share their faith in the future. Because it's pretty, it's pretty plain, it's pretty simple. So you teaching the gospel helps them realize the importance of sharing their faith and it teaches them how to share their faith. Okay? So don't skip over that lesson. Uh, you, you can become a little bit more intentional and, and actually, actually, you know, take some time and do a, a, a special study on sharing the gospel. Help them write their testimony out. Um, this little life on mission thing is a pretty good thing to use there's some um, life conversation guides up here that these are free you can take you can take some of these one or two of these when you leave uh, if there's enough but these things are really good to use and learn and it has a very clear uh, gospel presentation in it uh, for you to use so teach teach your class how to share their faith okay Here's another one I think uh, can be very practical. Uh, use your class social as an opportunity to engage lost people. A lost person is more likely to come to a um, class social, a fellowship, whatever you want to call it, 
than they are to your Bible study for the first time. <coughs> so encourage your encourage your group members to um, invite lost and unchurched people to uh, your class socials. And last, involve the group in a community missions project. And that can be any number of things. Okay? So here's what I want us to do. Let's see how we're going to do this. I'm going to give you some time for this so there's no hurry. We're, we're going to finish before time, but that's okay. All right. All right, here's our project. Group number one, okay? I want you to discuss and list some ways that you can incorporate the gospel into your group time, okay? How can you incorporate the gospel uh, evangelism into your group time? That is group number one. All right, group number two. Are you all ready? I want you to discuss ways that you can build relationships with non-Christians. Okay? And group number three all the way in the back. Discuss ways to involve your class in a community missions project. Okay? It is 202. I'm going to give you two until 2.25. Uh, okay, so about 20 minutes. You got time. 15 to 20 minutes. You ready? Go. Everybody understand what we're doing? All right, go ahead. Okay. Um, where is my spokesman for group number one? I think he went out the back door. Uh oh. <laughs> you cover for him? Yeah. Okay, Patrick is going to talk to us about ways uh, that we can incorporate the gospel in our group time, okay? And so, keeping in mind here, I think um, what you're doing here is you're encouraging your class to stay evangelistic, okay? And you're also um, not making the assumption that everybody in the class is a Christian, okay? So tell us, Patrick, what y'all came up with. Okay, so uh, group time, we're calling that Sunday school for our purposes. So how do we incorporate the gospel into Sunday school? Uh, the first thing we came up to is as scriptures that we come across in the lesson point in some way to Jesus or the gospel, make that leap, draw it out, and point it out so that they see that connection. And the vast majority of scripture in some way does point to the gospel, so there's ample opportunity. Next is um, we had a recommendation that you can start verses for others to finish. And that's related to um, memorizing gospel verses as a group. So you just make that part of your class time where y'all agree to go through like the Romans Road or something, one verse per month, one verse per week, and start off part of the verse. Um, and let the class finish it, something like that. Um, personal testimonies. Now, when I first heard that, I thought, oh, how, how you know, the teacher or someone in class came to the Lord. 
but the person that recommended this actually said of sharing the gospel. So you let people in the class that have shared the gospel have an opportunity to tell others about it. And a little bit further down, we follow that up with um, ask the class to share whether they shared the gospel in the last week. Now, that adds a little bit of pressure to your class, but if appropriate, that can make it part of the culture of your class to know, hey, this week they're going to ask me if I shared the gospel. I might need to make an effort. Um, you can end the lesson with a gospel challenge. A challenge, hey, let's go share the gospel this week. Um, you can spend time in class praying for the unsaved. Friends, family, co-workers that you know that are not Christians or you suspect are not Christians. You can pray for them intentionally. Um, an invitation in class for them to respond to the gospel. Not just share it, but say, hey, you've been in our class for a while. You've heard the gospel. Have you ever responded to it? Have you ever realized that you're a sinner in need of a Savior and Jesus is that Savior? Well, talk to me after class. I'll be glad to. You know, don't take for granted that the only time someone can respond to an invitation of the gospel is at the end of the sermon. Mm -hmm. I mean, that relational time in class is great. And I'll tell you, your pastor will not complain if the reason you're late for church is you led someone to Christ. <laughs> Just saying. All right. Um, role playing. Let the teacher or maybe the teacher designate someone to come up on to the in front of the class and role play a basic gospel presentation. And then what do you do when they realize that they are a sinner in need of the Savior? Walk them through a sinner's prayer or whatever style of evangelism method that you advocate. Let them see the whole process. In some weeks, you can just do a part of it. Like, hey, here's an icebreaker. Something that is useful for me. Share it and move on. Other times, spend enough class time, if, if there's enough time for it, to show them just an example all the way through. Because a lot of people, the struggle is, how do I get the conversation started? And then they go through the Romans road with them, and now it's like, <clears throat> now they're convicted, now they want to become a Christian, what do I do now? Well, walk them through at different points throughout the season of the class, different parts of the gospel presentation, so they can see it, and maybe even practice it in class at times. Uh, a lot of this stuff you can, you can do in five minutes or less in class if you're intentional. Um, you're not having to dedicate an entire class period to be done with it. It's part of the culture of your class, which means the more you do it, the more you show that it's an important value that your class holds. Um, you can even ask your class, like we were asked today, what keeps us from sharing the gospel? It's one thing to talk about other people. It's another thing for the class to say, mm -hmm. for myself, because now all of a sudden you know the need of your class because they're sharing what your, their need is, and you can respond to it. Um, Announcements for missions and outreach opportunities from the church. Emphasize that in your classes. And then finally, keep tracks in your classroom. And maybe even spend time, maybe once a quarter, on showing people how to use a tract. So that they know not only to take it and maybe put it somewhere, like a bathroom stall or a, a doctor's office, but show them how to walk someone else through it. Because you know, not everyone has their own road memorized. And until they do, or something equivalent, walking through a tract can be really easy. And that's what we came up with. Hope it's been a blessing to you. That was great. That was great. Patrick, so I thought you was the facilitator. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been. So, so look, look, look how many of these things that uh, we checked off or could check off just with those ideas, okay? So you're definitely helping with the fear factor uh, there by keeping that before your class. 
Um, you're you're kind of helping with this. We assume they have already heard because you're repeating the gospel in the in the class. Uh, you're helping with this, not knowing what to say. You know, you're you're role playing, giving them examples. Uh, they're not saved to start with. If you're constantly or uh, reminding your class of the gospel, they're going to hear the gospel in the class. Uh, you're helping grow people's faith uh, by keeping it uh, before. Uh, the, cl uh, the class, um, well, that's more on another one, but the several of those can check off, you can check that off of those lists with the ideas that, that they've had. Any, any other ideas that you would want to add or that you have used before about um, sharing the gospel, using the gospel in your group time? Anybody real quick? Um. I've been teaching on an internal perspective. Okay. And so it gives me a wonderful opportunity to talk about are you ready, especially when you're talking okay. about heaven and hell. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, know, sure. Okay. Just making it a, a, a part of the lesson. That's good. Yes. I would say you could do role playing to allow them to experience, you know, uh, trying to present the gospel yeah. to another person in the group and get them comfortable. Sure. Yeah, that's good. When you said here about personal testimonies of sharing the gospel, I think that's great. But I think where you were going with allowing them to share their own testimony, that's helpful too. That's really helpful because that that helps them um, that helps them get out of their comfort zone a little bit and and share their story. That's what people want to hear is somebody's story. You know. All right. Good job, group number one. All right, group number two. Who's my spokesperson? Faye is the spokesperson. All right. This is what ways we can build relationships with non-Christians. Um, okay. We said to find common ground with them, interests that you may have. If you golf, if you hunt, if you shop, whatever the thing okay. you like to do, to, find, um, to invite them into that, be inviting. Um, just get their contact info. Find out their name, their number. If they're on Facebook or some social media that you can connect with them um, that way. Um, engage in a conversation that kind of goes with be friendly. Look for opportunities and openings, uh, which kind of goes with uh, be prayed up. Just allow the Spirit to lead you and guide you to ask for those opportunities, ask for those openings. I'm sorry, I just got my whole back to y'all. Um, let's see. Don't pick and choose. Don't decide who you think is worthy to be spoken to or who you think probably needs it or probably doesn't. You know, whoever God brings your way, be open to speak to that person or whether you think you would have anything in common with them at all. Um, be where they are. Step out of your comfort zone. We all like to stay in what we're comfortable with and not... If we don't know anybody who's a Christian, then maybe we need... I mean, who's not... Who's an unbeliever, then maybe we need to step into a little bit of a different world. Um, I said, be prayed up. Allow the Spirit to lead you and guide you. Be transparent, authentic, relatable, approachable. Uh, meeting a need for somebody, just if you hear somebody who you're working with or um, somebody that you're involved in, you know, Little League or whatever your kids are in or your grandkids and you hear they have a need, you know, take that opportunity to meet that need if you're able um, or, if you know, or connect them with somebody who could. Um, your kids, friends, a family friend and co-workers. Uh, keep it as a pri priority. Be intentional. We can just go about our business and about our days and get caught up in what we have to do. Uh, we didn't put this in here, but I just thought of it. And saying that, allow um, margin in your life to actually not always be running on that last minute so that if God does bring that person, you can stop and have a conversation. 
Um, hospitality, which the Bible calls us to invite people over for a meal or coffee or cornhole or whatever you do. Um, community events, our church does that have block parties or just invite them for different things that your church might be doing. Um, enjoy it, have fun, don't act like it's a drudgery. It's not, you know, it's something that God um, allows us to do. Uh, listen intently, having resources available, but sometimes we, you know, run across people who have needs. Um, maybe people are even on the, on the side of the road to be able to, or just look like they need, uh, you know, a meal to, to have. I have a friend who always keeps gift certificates for Chick-fil-A or Burger King or something in her pocket that she can give. She'll keep non-perishable items in her car that she can give. Um, bottles of water, whatever, you just have a little something extra. Um, pray for them or with them. Um, if we if we know if we know someone who's lost, but we can't necessarily build a relationship with them, we pray that God somebody does send someone to them. Be friendly as of that. Um, try to be prepared beforehand. We talked about praying before. Spend time with Scripture memory, which was something up there, so that you have that ready for the Holy Spirit to bring to you, and have your testimony ready. And um, you know, just don't waste time. Um, was another one. Anybody else who was in the group? I think that's. So, you got yours numbered? Y'all had 18? 19. 19. That is great. That's super. We would have had 20, but you stopped it. Oh, I'm sorry. One they didn't get a chance to say is send out text messages of inspiration. Okay. Okay. That's good. All right. Good job. So what what are we doing with this? We're we're being intentional, aren't we? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is really this is really about intentionality here with with making time to build relationships with non-Christians and uh, getting out of our comfort zone. This could really help with the pride thing too, you know, uh, and 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 helping with that. Um, I I can see where this would help with. Um, uh, both of these can help with someone who felt like that they were inadequate to share the gospel because you're you're kind of arming them, you know, with uh, with those resources. Okay, good job, group number two. Last but not least, group number three. Who's our spokesperson? <laughs> yes, that makes you the spokesperson. <laughs> okay, ours was um, ways to involve your class in a community mission project and. You know, we, we all come from different churches and we all had different ideas whether it was something our church was involved in or our particular small group or Sunday school class. Um, one of the churches that they're involved in tiny houses um, for women that have come out of the sex trade and they um, get together not just the building part but provide a lot of supplies for that as well. Um, Habitat for Humanity was another one some were involved in. Peanut Butter and Jesus, that's one that um, my church and my Sunday school class in particular has been a part of um, on every Saturday in our community. We have a, a huge group that um, gets together. Uh, sometimes it'll be just one particular church, one particular Sunday school class, but we come together and we make like a thousand peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, bag them up, have tracks with all of it, and go out into the community. And my, my class in particular, how we use it is I have almost all school teachers, um, all the wives. We teach young married couples. And um, so they're going into the community giving these to children in the part that they see at school. So mm -hmm. they're building that relationship Good. which allows them to open up another way. That's great. Um, things like angel trees, Thanksgiving baskets, just you know, ways to come together and, and do things for people. Um, 
tent ministry. This was from Warner Robins. They go in at the Georgia State Fair, and they're either giving out, maybe sharing the gospel, giving out tracts, or some people will partner and serve those that are doing the actual um, sharing. Tutoring, um, that's a great way for churches to get involved in community projects because you're getting children in the door. If you get the children in the door and get them involved, then maybe that's the way to get their parents involved as well. Um, getting outside of the church walls and any type of ongoing ministry and through random acts of kindness. Okay. We got sidetracked talking in detail about a lot of No, things. that's good, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's what we can do. Um, that's great. One, one of the things um, that we have done at Mount Zion, or actually a, a life group that meets at 530, uh, they had a vision last year to do a back-to-school bash. And so uh, they, they were kind of the spearhead, but we got the whole church involved. And for the last two years, we put together 500 or so book bags mm-hmm. and gave them to needy families in the in our community. And it, and it, it not only has helped us um, focus on evangelism, but it's also brought the church together to serve in a, in a huge uh, missions project. And so it, it's been really good. Uh, it's been really, really good for, for us in a good way. That, and it was all spearheaded by a... a Sunday school class, a life group. Um, so, um, Matt, I wanted to, Matt, Matt's at uh, Second Baptist Warner War- Robbins, and they're about to do this Who's Your One campaign uh, that uh, NAM has put out. Uh, this is available from the North American Mission Board. It's designed to be a church campaign, but I will tell you, uh, th- this box is free. All you have to do is all the, all the resources. All the resources is free. All you have to do is pay the shipping. And it's five, like for me it was like five dollars. So uh, this is a good thing. Won't you share a little bit about what y'all are doing with this? Uh, it's more of a church wide thing, but uh, a lot of um, you you're involving your groups with it as well. We, we so. actually launched tomorrow. Uh, Who's your one uh, is a evangelistic a strategy that's promoted by the North American Mission Board to get your churches involved in evangelism, uh, not only on the individual basis, but also on the corporate level, church-wide. Um, the way the, uh, the strategy of the campaign works is there's a series of messages that the pastor will preach uh, on, on evangelism and getting people engaged and involved in evangelism, and everyone is challenged to pray for 30 days for an individual that God has laid on your heart uh, that needs to hear the gospel. At least one. We are, we're taking the approach that everybody can pray for at least one. Hopefully you'll pray for more. But through the course of those 30 days you're praying for that person, hopefully you will have an opportunity to share the gospel with that person, invite that person to come to church with you and eventually see that person saved. Can you imagine what would happen if however many people you have actively attending your church, so say it's 200 people, you know, your active attendance is 200 people. What if 200 people spent 30 days praying for a lost person? What percentage of those people might come to faith in Christ? Maybe come to your church, which is great, but the greatest thing is that they would accept Christ and their whole eternity would be changed. So uh, that's what we're engaged and involved in. Uh, what I did, I'm the Minister of Education there at Second, and uh, Pastor and I talked with this. Uh, we said this is a great thing, but we really need to challenge our life groups, which is what we call our Sunday schools, 
to be involved uh, at the life group level. And so we have a church-wide display that's in our grand foyer. It's a giant big thing uh, that says, who's your one on it? And uh, they have baskets of ping pong balls. There's white balls, orange balls, and gold balls. And so as you are led by the Lord to figure out who your one is, you go and take one of those balls and you write the initials of that person on that ping pong ball and you put it in the uh, in that that display. So it's a it's a display for the entire church to see. Funny side story, they're not ping pong balls, they're actually beer pong balls. <laughs> so when we bought like two thousand of them. So when we were ordering them I looked at the youth pastor and I said, I'm gonna let you put this on your credit card so you can <laughs> So well, we bought two thousand white beer pong balls and I don't know how many of the others. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to take that down to the next level so every individual group has some type of ownership uh, and and uh, and visual in their class reminding them. So we have a poster in every life group that has the Who's Your One logo on it and it says we're praying for. Under that it says we're sharing with and under that have these have come to faith in Christ and we have little sticky dots little orange dots and so you've got you've got to put at least one up there you put as many as you want and so if if your person's initials are JT you're going to take that dot and write JT on it stick it on that board and so every Sunday for the next six weeks we're praying for JT we're taking time and then every Sunday starting tomorrow with a life group leader they're going to share a personal testimony about they're one. They don't have to tell their name. This is, God's laid this person on my heart and, and we're praying for him. And then they, after they do it, they recruit someone the next week to do it. And my hope and my prayer is, is by what week three or four, somebody say the testimony is, I was praying for JT and this week I shared the gospel with him. Or, mm-hmm. or week five, we've been praying for JT and last week JT accepted Christ. So within six weeks, we'll actually see tangible results of God working through this to make an impact. It's just a way to really get your church uh, mobilized uh, in the gospel. And the pastor's already said, this is not a six-week thing. We're going to make this a culture. We spent a lot of money on this huge display. And it's nine feet high and eight feet. I mean, we had somebody build this for all these balls. It's got lights on it and everything. He said, this is going to be who we are. We're, this is going to, we're going to continue this. And we have a, a testimony every Sunday in the worship service as well. Wow. That's good. Thanks for sharing, Matt. Uh, he, he actually sent me a picture of the display, and I'll uh, do my best to include that in the notes so you can kind of get an idea of that. Okay, so we're right up against our time, uh, and uh, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and, and, and dismiss, but here's what I want you to do. I know some of you already have. I want you to take time to come by and make pictures of these, uh, of these boards to take with you because imagine what would happen if you're in your group if you took ownership of just a few of these ideas just a few we, we've probably shared 50 ideas and and i'm i'm encouraging you to pick two three and and just go to work with them what a difference this group could make okay let me pray for you lord thank you for uh today lord thank you for keeping us alert uh, and attentive and lord thank you for uh, each one who has uh, had input into ways that they can make uh, outreach evangelism a small group 
uh, priority. Lord, help us to be busy about sharing your story. Thank you for saving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all so much. Don't forget to put your name on the list if you want.